Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. We're going to open in prayer for this message. And, I, and with that, after I'm finished, I, I'll dismiss the children uh, and they can go to their classes. Lord, we, we thank you. On this day that our country recognizes as Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving weekend, we acknowledge you. You are the one that we need to thank. And this morning, I pray that there would be a giving of thanks for the goodness of God, for your goodness displayed to us, for your mercy, for your grace, for your forgiveness. Lord, that there would be a thanksgiving that ascends to you. Lord, speak into our lives and hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, last Last month, uh, I was reading through Jeremiah, and uh, the Lord was speaking to me. In this chapter, Jeremiah lived from about 630 B.C., or at least that's when his, he began to speak, so he, he would have been born before that. And his, the, the word, as you read through Jeremiah, there's dates and times given according to uh, the kings and their uh, Nebuchadnezzar in particular, and uh, even the kings of uh, Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah and Benjamin, that was in existence. The northern kingdom had already been taken into captivity. But it's a, it's a, a book where there is a, a, a weeping by the prophet for the nation. And there is a word that the Lord is giving to him again and again that is not an easy word. But as there is in within that book, many chapters, there is a word of restoration, of renewing and new renewal and regeneration of what was terribly broken. And um, in it, we see the heart of God. I'll tell you right now, uh, as a human, when you have 19 kings, 19 kings of the northern kingdom, and not one single king, we're talking hundreds of years, generations, that are rebellious, are stiff-necked, stubborn, wicked. I see the grace and mercy of God because I'll tell you right now, for us, if we had to deal with this kind of garbage and wickedness in our own lives by our children, these were the children of God. By our own children, we would, there would be a response from us. And... There was a response from God, but the patience and the mercy of God and the warning that came again and again by the, the prophets to the nation, to the northern kingdom and Jeremiah to the southern kingdom. There was warning. But I just thank God. I want I want to read to you. And there was uh, if you have a chance this today or in the next day or two to read chapters 30, 31. 32, 33. Read these chapters and you will see the
the heart of God and the goodness of God. And I'm going to be touching on uh, some uh, larger portions of chapters 31, 32, and 33. And I just say thank you, Lord, for your heart for us. I began the service at the very beginning reading from Jeremiah 31 from verse 12. I want to read to, to verse 14. I want you to listen carefully. It says, therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord. Just a recognition, an acknowledgement going up to the goodness of the Lord. This is God speaking. This is God speaking to the children of Israel. For wheat and new wine and oil, for the young of the flock and the herd. We're talking about the physical aspect of our, our well-being. Their souls shall be well, like a well-watered garden and they shall sorrow no more at all. We're talking about the emotional state of the, of the, of the individual and of the nation and of the people, the children of God. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance. There's a continuation of the, 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 the soul and the heart of the individual just wanting to rejoice in the dance. Rejoicing in the dance. And the young man and the old together rejoicing in the dance. You know what? I'll tell you right now. In the world, when we go to a function in the world or whatever, a, a sporting event or whatever it may be, when there's a, a, a goal scored, when there's a, a touchdown, when there's a, a winning basket, whatever it may be, there is a shout that goes up because your, your team has won. There's a rejoicing. How much more should it be? And it says here that there will be a dance and the, the virgin, the, the young men, the old together, there will be a dancing for I will turn their mourning to joy, will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance. The priest had to do with the spiritual aspect of the nation. So for our body, for our soul, for our spirit, that there would be a satiation, a satisfying, a fullness, a completeness about who we are spiritually with abundance. And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. This morning, are you satisfied with the goodness of the Lord? Are you acknowledging him? Oftentimes we are looking at the hard times. We look at the difficult times. It is so hard to give thanks. And Jeremiah was in that place. The same place that we find ourselves often in. It's interesting that Jeremiah's name means Yahweh throws. Say, what? What does that mean? There's a sense of throwing or of establishing, of appointing, of sending. There's this foundational thing that, that, that is being established by the Lord. The Lord is the one that establishes. The, the Lord is the one that works out the foundation for our 
daily existence. And this is the man that's speaking now, prophesying over the course of, of almost 50 years. Like, if you read through Jeremiah, the stuff that this guy had to endure. Like, we're talking some major things. Not just the wickedness of, of, of the kings and, and uh, the people and, and the warning and whatnot. But we're talking even as the guy was, was hid in a, a cistern. And it was full of filth and, and had whatever. And he's, he's in this muck. The Lord is there to establish and appoint to send and give into our lives in the worst of times. This weeping prophet, as he was known, crying for the nation and reaping what he didn't even sow. He was a godly man. And oftentimes we find ourselves in the position, even in godliness, we're finding ourselves that the impact of others in our lives that are ungodly are impacting us. It's not even our, our fault necessarily. And we live in a society today where there's an impacting on who we are as followers of Jesus Christ that is very oppositional and condemning. We have done nothing against them. The children of God, children of God that love the Lord are good as their Father in heaven is good. The heart of man is wicked. And so, even as believers, oftentimes we are put in a place of difficulty because of the actions of others, whether they're believers, even believers against believers, and also the unbeliever against the believer. And we, so we have these, these situations that we recognize we are in a fallen world. But in the midst of that, that there would be a holiness about us, that there would be a, thanks, a thankfulness about us as we go through these times, recognizing the God that we serve, recognizing the love of Jesus Christ to us, and that we would love the Lord with all our heart, that we would love our neighbor as we would love ourselves. Lord, I want to, let me, let me impact my neighbor Lord, let us be like you, full of grace and truth. Let us be like you as the nails were driven through your, your hands and your feet, that you would say, Father, forgive them, for, for they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Can you imagine the Lord forgiving those as the nails were driven through his hands and his feet? Lord, let us be of goodness, for you, Lord, are good that we would be thankful for the goodness of God in our lives. The Lord did take them out of captivity after 70 years. And, and Jeremiah, and Jeremiah 25, it was because <laughs> they were in captivity for 70 years because for the last 490 years, they had not kept the Sabbath of the land. So you might say, what's the Sabbath of the land? Let me just tell you. Now, this is amazing. The setup 
that God had for the people. Can you imagine having a year off every seven years? A whole year? Wouldn't that be great? I'll tell you, I had, when I first began teaching, I was supply teaching. One of the first times I went out, and I was at Greendale School, grade five or six class. Mr. Bags was his name. And so I got in there, and he says, so I had a, a short chance to talk to him. He was just finishing up his day book and whatever. And he says, Dave, do you ever have a chance? And this was before I knew anything. He says, do a four over five. And what's a four over five? He says, well, what you do is you put aside 20% of your income for four years. And on the fifth year, the, the, the school board will hold it. On the fifth year, you have a year off. And so that's stuck in my head. And so in 2000, like this, so this was in the 80s, late 80s, I was told this. In 2002, I had a four over, or I had the fifth year off. What an amazing time it was. Well, you know what the Lord wanted? He wanted that every seven years, there would be a Sabbath year. Where you, didn't, the, you did not have to go out. The way they sustain themselves, we go to work. Well, they would go out, they would sow seed, and, and, and have the, the, the harvest come in. And so they would have enough, enough for, for that year up until the next harvest. So here's what the Lord wanted to, would do, would, ha, would have done. This is, you can read this in Leviticus. He says, on the sixth year, as you determine to take the Sabbath year, the next year off, I will give you three times the amount of crop. It will be there for you. Can you imagine getting three years wage in one year? So you can have the next year off and then the next year until that crop comes in so you start up again. So the sixth year, they had that crop for that year plus the seventh year plus the eighth year until that crop would come in. Isn't that amazing? This is what the Lord had for his children, and it was like, you know what? We're going to do our own thing. Ah, we don't need to serve the Lord. We don't need to do that. We're talking the children of God saying, you know what? We're not going to heed his word. And the Lord is saying, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. Keep my word. Keep my commandments. And they're being ignorant. And they're being rebellious. They're not just being ignorant. They're being deliberately rebellious. No. I don't like that scripture. I don't like that commandment. I'm not doing it. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to say this to you. This hit me a few years back. It says in the parable of the sower in the, in the seed in Luke chapter 8, it says that there, is, that there would be a hundredfold. In Matthew and Mark, it talks about 30, 60, 100. One says 160 and 30 goes backwards. Luke just says, you know what? Forget the 30 and 60, 100 fold. And it is about those, the seed. The sower went out to sow the seed. On the good soil is the, the soil that receives, is ready to receive the word. I am ready to receive the word, and I'm going to keep the word, and I'm going to do the word, and there will be a 100 fold. Let me just say this to you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking, I'm talking on top or after salvation. You're saved. 
For goodness sake, keep the word. It's for your, the blessing in your life. When you don't keep the word, you will have problems. That's where the problems come. And so here, here's the grace and the mercy of God to a people that are stiff-necked that he's saying, this is, I want to give you, I want to restore, I want to renew, I want to regenerate, I want to bless you. I want to give you an overabundance, and we want to do our own thing. Yesterday, somebody said, hey, did you hear? They're, they're bombing in Israel. Now, I want to say, for the most part, there are very few Jewish believers that acknowledge Jesus Christ as Messiah. Do not talk to a Jew about Jesus Christ and not expect some kind of extreme reaction. Do they need Jesus just like us? Absolutely. They have rejected Christ. And even at this time, they do not acknowledge Jesus Christ for the most part. Now, there are, are Jewish believers in Jesus Christ, just like there was 2,000 years ago as it began, as the church began, began with the Jews, those that were receiving of Christ. But to this day, can you imagine the grace and mercy of God to that wicked, wicked, that the wicked children of God to say, you know what? I'm going to restore your nation after 2,000 years. Never been done by any other nation. There is no nation that has been restored after 2,000 years. It was destroyed in AD 70, and it was brought back into existence. They, can you imagine keeping your heritage for 2,000 years almost? So May 14th, I believe, 1948, the nation of Israel, there was a fulfillment of prophecy that the nation would be restored, and it came back into existence 75 years ago now. The Lord is coming soon. It is a, a, a testimony of his faithfulness to his children, and even when they're stubborn and wicked, wicked and, and, and don't acknowledge him, the Lord is saying, but I want to restore you. And we'll see that today. And I, I, you might say, well, what does this have to do with the goodness of God in my life? I want, I want you to use the picture that Jeremiah and the, the, the reality of where Jeremiah is at and the message he's giving and the message that the, the, the Lord is giving to Jeremiah for the people and just that you would recognize, you know what? As far gone as I possibly am in my walk with the Lord, or the things I've strayed, or the things that I do that are hidden from, the Lord, from others, it's not hidden to the Lord. The things that I know that are wrong, and I'm doing it, and I just say, is there a way out? I'm saying there is a way out. Is there a way for there to be a blessing in the life. In fact, the goodness of the Lord leads a person to repentance. Oftentimes, the Lord is blessing us even in our stubbornness or wickedness or our departure from Him, and He's still blessing us because the Lord's heart is for us to come to Him. And even with this nation that has rockets, and, and I, I've heard that some have even been taken captive and pulled back in to Gaza, and they're, 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 what they're probably doing to those that they were able to bring back into their country, who knows? 
terrible. And we need to, yes, we need to pray. We need to pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. We need to pray even for the, the enemies, Lord, that they will come to know you. Because they're fighting. Those that uh, fight against Israel, they're fighting against the apple of God's eye. Even though they are far from him, he says, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with you from afar. Thank God for his mercy. And, and at times when we're distant from God, and, and sometimes deliberately so, but the Lord is saying, I'm going to still deal with you from afar then. If you're not close, I'm going to deal with you from afar. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God for his goodness. He loved us first. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank God for that. He started it with his death on a cross because he loves us. We should acknowledge, let us acknowledge our sin and the solution for our sin the death of Jesus Christ, and we are going to do that this morning in communion. But in our lives daily, let us acknowledge the, the, the work of Jesus Christ, his tremendous love for us, and the fact that we can be forgiven, that we can have the joy of one forgiven, we can have the joy of reconciliation, that we can have the joy of relationship with him. Hallelujah. There's something about getting reestablishing relationship when there's been a breaking of relationship doesn't it feel good somebody that that has wronged you or you've wronged them and and there's there's been a restoring of relationship and it's like thank you lord thank you lord the joy of reconciliation the joy of forgiveness the joy of relationship so that we would know the heart of god his heart is for goodness hallelujah secondly that we would know that we can have newness of life despite how far gone we are. It says in Jeremiah 31, 26, it says, After this I awoke and looked around, and my sleep was sweet to me. Do you ever wake up and it's like you know what's ahead of you in the day? It's like, oh, my goodness. Or I have to go back to work and I've got to deal with this situation. Or this is what's happening today and it's not good. And it's like, Ugh. but when you wake up, after this, I woke and I looked around and my sleep was sweet to me. I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's been a long week. You know, I, usually I, I, I'm preaching or teaching twice a week. And, you know, you, you have these other different things that come up, whether it's prayer or the, men, the men's prayer and, and, and giving a word or whatever. But, yeah, so yesterday, a message. This morning, a message. Tonight, I'm going to be at another church, another message which I still haven't done yet. And I found out this morning, I, I had set my, my calendar in Edmonton is two hours off. So I'm not supposed to be there at seven. I'm supposed to be there at five. It's like, Lord, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I already know the, the Lord has already put in my heart what I'm supposed to speak, but I still have to finish preparing that message. And I just say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to look forward to the sleep tonight or on, yeah, tonight and to wake up tomorrow morning. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah and the seed of man and the seed of beast. And it shall come to pass that as I have watched over them to pluck up, to break down, to throw down, to destroy and to afflict, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And even though he was against them, he was saying, but I want to build back. I want to plant and I want to be just as determined as I was to to. To have them. Chastised. We're going to talk about that a little for a little bit. But I want to bless them. I want them to have newness of life. When we are stubborn in our rebellion and our pride, the Lord is against us. He doesn't want to be against us. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. First Peter 5, verse 5. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. You know what? If you want newness of life, if you want to get back to a place of vigor in life and not a heaviness, humble yourself under the, the hand of God. Submit to, to others. Submit. Let us submit to one another. Therefore, humble yourselves. Well, let me go back. God, to this verse 5, God resists the proud but, but gives grace to the humble. Let me go back again. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. And so he's saying, I, I want you to be in a position of humility. There are things that are wrong between others. And this is one thing for communion, that we would make things right. If there's things that need to be made right, Make them right. Because the Lord desires to lift you up, to exalt you in due time. That we can cast all our care upon him because he does care for us. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We're not alone in this. The enemy is coming against me as well as you. You're not alone, but we can resist him steadfast in the faith. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. This is what Jeremiah, Yahweh, establishes. Yahweh strengthens. Hallelujah. Yahweh is there to make a way for us. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let it be. Let it be. Can things really change as we humble ourselves? Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, be you, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. You show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts. There is nothing too hard for you. His arm is outstretched. Even as we would humble ourselves, the Lord is saying, I will exalt you in due time. Humble yourself. Then, as you cast all your cares upon him, he is there to care for you. Hallelujah. He is able to make all things new. Even when he fails, he, he does not fail. 
praise God. Even when he is against us with chastisement, he desires to bring about change in our lives. Even when we have done wickedly, and whether it, even if it's been deliberate, a deliberate rebellion against the Lord, whether it's chasing the things of this world or the things of the flesh or the pride of life, the Lord is there to make new, to forgive and to make new. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city of which you say, it shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. It had not happened at that point yet. This is the warning. 20, 25 years before it actually happened. And, and Jeremiah, it's not just, it's not Jeremiah warning. It's the Lord warning through Jeremiah. Behold, I will gather them out of all countries where I have driven them in my anger, in my fury, and in great wrath. I will bring them back to this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. The Lord, even before it happened, this was a chastisement for generations that were opposed to him, and that we would look at this and say, Lord, let me learn from the mistakes of others. Lord, let me love you. Because the heart of God is saying, I want for you to dwell safely. They shall be my people. I will be their God. Then I will give them one a heart and one way. Then I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and their children and after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts so that they will not depart from me. I want to do good to them. I'm going to bring them back. And so even before he said, this is what's coming, he also said, but you will come back. It took 70 years. They came back. And they are a nation even after 2,000 years. Continued rebellion. And even to this, they continue rebellion by the children of God. And the Lord is saying, there is a remnant. There is a remnant. That, that will be with God forever from, and they will rule the world. God, Jesus will be in Jerusalem, and King David will be ruling uh, Israel. I'm looking forward to meeting that, that man, King David. Yeah. The love of a father. Can I just say this? Sometimes we just say, I, I don't like chastisement. I, yesterday I was talking to a young father, and he was saying, you know what? I recognize the importance of, of, of discipline, but I, I haven't been there. Two children, and so I'm, I'm putting so much on my wife. The good thing is there's a recognition of this. The best thing is when we recognize things, uh, man, I got to change things. Oftentimes, we don't. Oftentimes, we don't recognize what needs to be changed in our life. This is the love of a father. Hebrews 12, verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your, in your souls. You say, well, who, who's, who endured such hostility from sinners? Jesus. Jesus endured hostility from the religious, from his own people. His own people did not receive him. He was crucified. So, recognize what he went through and say, hey, you know what? Okay, I'm maybe enduring things, some hostility or whatever. 
that we would not become weary and discouraged in our souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Even our sin, the things that we may commit, you know what? We don't have to go and, and hang on a cross for our sins. He bore it for us. We would recognize this. The, the punishment, the consequences that we deserve, the wages of sin is death. Separation from God for eternity. We've all sinned. We fall short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus paid the price for us. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The love of the Father. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, listen now. This is for daughters as well. This is for all of us. Mind you, as a, I'll tell you right now, as a son, my parents, my, my father, uh, well, let me finish reading this, then I'll tie it into myself. <laughs> For whom the Lord uh, loves, or my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Now, I know it says sons here, and I, 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 I must agree, it's definitely better to have son than daughters because uh, we didn't have to scourge our daughters, our three daughters, as much as uh, myself and Andrew and Ernie were scourged as sons. Yeah. Yeah, I, somebody said, yeah, you know what? I, we, we got lined up and, and uh, we were spanked or whatever uh, before we even did anything just to cover the stuff that was going to happen during the day, right? <laughs> now, mind you, that didn't happen. We always got it afterwards and it, it, it was, yes, at times it was painful, but I'll tell you, it made us to be uh, men of God. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is who, there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partake, uh, partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Basically saying, hey, you don't belong to me. If, if there's no chastening, you don't belong to me. Listen, we need to chasten in love our children, and God chastens his children in love. If there's no chastening by the Lord when we do wrong... I would be concerned. Am I, a, am I a child of God? Am I still where I need to be? Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. And I recognize sometimes it was like, yeah, definitely best to them. Uh, and times it was like, no, you know, there shouldn't have been the chastening, but it was. And, but God, when he chastens us, is always for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. The chastening of the Lord, the chastisement, the scourging of the child by the Lord. Thank you, Lord. It says you love me, you care about me, and you don't want me to do something that will be a a detriment to myself or to others. And so there's a chastening. And I say thank you, Lord, for that. Because it is for our profit when we are chastened. Do not come against the chastening of the Lord and get stubborn with the Lord. No, I'm going to continue to serve the Lord. Job says, 
Behold, happy is the man who God corrects. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. Don't despise if anybody. Job, he might say, hey, I, I have reason to despise the chastening of the, the Almighty in my life to allow certain things to happen. He says, don't despise the chastening of the Almighty. Happy is the man whom God corrects. Job didn't know what he needed to be corrected of. He did, he, read the last chapter, Job 42. You will see what he needed to be corrected of. The most righteous person on the planet needed to have correction. The love of the Father, even in chastisement. We can be renewed by that humility and that forgiveness. In Hebrews 12, as I read from Hebrews 12, from verse 12, it says, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. The, the Lord is saying, you know, you know, when your hands are hanging down, say, like, oh, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, there's a strengthening of the hands that, that, that hang down. It's like, oh, been forgiven. I've humbled myself before the Lord. And he wants to strengthen the hands and the feeble knees. Sometimes your, your, your walk's like, oh, man, I'm so tired. And that tiredness sometimes is, is because we're not in the right place with God. That there would be a strengthening, a making straight the paths for your feet. We're going this way and we're going that way, and we know we're in the wrong place with the Lord. And we're all over the place, and he wants to straighten our path. So that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. That is the heart of God, to be renewed. And it comes through humility, even as we would have forgiveness. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Listen, if there's issue between you and others, whether it's the unbeliever or believers, brothers or sisters in the Lord, you need to make things right. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, with, without which one no one will see the Lord. I had a situation. I'm as chair of the ministerial invitation. I have about 60 that, that are emailed every month. And then I had, this last month we had a, a barbecue and I had made even more invitation or a double invitation to about 16 others. I had one individual say, I'm not, I'm not coming. I've been offended. I'm not coming. Why would I be with anybody that is offending? I say, hey, listen, if I've offended you, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry if I've offended you. Well, he says, it wasn't you. He says, hey, you need to make things right. You need to make things right. You're the chair of the board or of the ministerial. And it's like, I said, I don't even know who it is. Who is it? Well, I'm not going to tell you. You know what? There are times we wouldn't even know that we've offended somebody. And so a person is, is taking in this offense. Matthew 18 talks about the fact that if you've been offended, you go. Because oftentimes a person doesn't even know. Like, have you ever offended someone you didn't know? Yeah? And so, so the thing is to make it right. You go to that person. He says, if we go and we make it right, we've gained a friend or our brother back. So we go. Hey, you know what? I, I was hurt by what you said or what you did. Can you for can you forgive me? Or the person says, "Oh, I I'm so sorry." Most often, it's like, "Man, I'm sorry." A lot of times, it was that was not intentional or deliberate. 
If it was, it's like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I did wrong. I'm sorry. The one offended, go. To make things right. So anyways, I, I, all I could do was say, hey, this, this is what Scripture says. I said, do it. Go Those that, that hurt you with their words, go, go talk to them. I'm praying to God that that will happen because <laughs> can you imagine being in heaven? I got to, oh, there's so-and-so, I got to run. <laughs> there's so-and-so, I got to run. Listen, I, I'll tell you right now, there's one commandment that is very scary. It's right after the Lord's Prayer. We talk about forgive us our tr uh, trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. At the very end of that, it says, if, if you can't forgive, God will not forgive you. You know what? I think there's going to be people very surprised when the trumpet sounds. And they say, well, why didn't I go up? And the, the Holy Spirit will be convicting at that point, saying, you know what? The, the unforgiveness that you held is keeping you from not just relationship with that person, you're keeping yourself in relationship with me. We need to get things right in our lives so we can be renewed. The Lord wants for our hands to be up and our, our paths to be straight. The lame that, that we would, would not be, so that the, what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. He wants to give grace. So we fall short of that grace because we're not in right standing with others or with God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled. He goes on to talk about Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that after when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. There's no repentance between him and God. Even though he sought it, but he, didn't, he wasn't repentant. We need to humble ourselves. The Lord, let me just say this, the Lord forgives the worst sinner as they still have breath. Lord, forgive me. The Lord will forgive. Thank you, Lord. And to renew as we humble ourselves before the Lord. Hallelujah. The fullness of life. Actually, just let me read one scripture. Where do we go to to come for forgiveness? This same chapter, Hebrews 12, verse 24 says, or 23 says, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, men that are just before God made perfect, and the spirits of men that are in heaven that are, are there because of Jesus Christ. And then it, it talks about that. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel brought the work of his hands. That's what Abel brought very early in Genesis. You, we read of it. And Cain brought not anything that he had worked on. He, he brought a lamb for an offering to God. It was, all, it was all about one bringing the works of his hands, the other one just recognizing what, what can I bring to a God that is perfect? We bring, we come through Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, 
that we would grab a hold of the Lamb of God when it comes to forgiveness. We would recognize his blood, and we can come then. It says the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. He came in his own righteousness, in his own work, and God rejected that, that sacrifice. We can be renewed in the humility and the forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we have fullness of life by the blood. Jeremiah 32 says, yes, I will rejoice over them to have fullness of life, to have joy. Yes, I will rejoice over them to do them good, and I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. This is God the Father. This is the Son, the Holy Spirit, speaking through Jeremiah to a wicked people, their own ch the children of God, and saying, I'm going to rejoice over them to do them good, and I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. For thus says the Lord, just as I have brought out all this, this great calamity on this people, so I will bring on them all the good that I have promised them. Let's take the Old Testament and this, this nation and recognize, oh, thank you, Lord, there's hope for me. There's hope for me. The Lord wants for my good, and not just for my good, that there would be a fullness of life, a joy, the joy of the Lord. The Lord wants me close to him. What should I do in my condition? In Jeremiah 33, verse 1, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still shut up in the court of the prison, saying, so here he is imprisoned, Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. In your condition, you say, it is so extreme. The Lord is saying, you call on me. You come to me. Hallelujah. The Lord, the Lord is able to restore our lives. He is able to fight the enemy that is coming against us. And I'll tell you, the, the wicked one is there to... to to, to come against you, but the Lord wants to restore. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of the city and the houses of the kings of Judah, which have been pulled down to fortify against the siege mounds and the sword. So they had, there was a, a even as the, the enemy was coming against them in 588, for two years, the Babylonians, they just lay siege to the city. And so they were in the city. You, you know, you had hundreds of thousands of people in the city. And there's for two years, they're trying to survive. And so they're pulling things down and, and, and for heating and whatever. And things were pulled down. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, but only to fill their places with the dead bodies of men whom I will slay in my anger and my fury, all for whose wickedness I have hidden my face from this city. God was, had pulled out pulled away because of the rebellion. But listen to what it says in verse 33. And there is hope. There's always hope. Behold, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of, the, of peace and truth. And I will cause the captives of Judah and the captives of Israel to return and will rebuild those places as at the first. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have trans uh, transgressed against me. 
the only cleansing. There's only one person that can cleanse us from our sins. And that is Jesus Christ. And it is by his blood that we are cleansed. By his blood shed for us, there is always a hope when we come to Jesus dark and as extreme that you might be against the Lord or things, whatever it may be. You're distant from him. Come to him. Humble yourself. There's a hope through the blood of Jesus Christ that you, you will be cleansed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have communion at this time. And I just, I pray that, uh, let's, let's just take communion together. If you have the emblems, if you don't, I think you can still get some at the back. But uh, just, just quickly. Before you take communion, if there's something you need to make right, make it right with the Lord. Make it right. If there's others that you, you need to determine, say, I need to go make it right with them, make it right with them. Just say, hey, can you forgive me? You'd be surprised that people are forgiving or they should be forgiving as they are children of God. To have joy. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth who shall hear all the good that I do to them. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I will provide it. Hallelujah. There will be a praise. This morning as we take communion, there will be a praise that goes up to the Lord. Let there be a praise that goes up to the Lord. Just a, a reminder when we take these emblems, it is in remembrance. There are denominations that say this is the, the, the body of Christ and the, the blood of Jesus Christ. It is not. It is in remembrance. We do this in remembrance of what he did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago. We remember his death, his body broken. We remember his blood shed for us. And so even as we take the bread, it is an emblem of his body. And we take it in remembrance of his body that was broken, that was nailed to the cross for us, for our healing, that there would be a healing of our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all partake of the bread. Lord, this morning I pray that there would be a healing that would come to those that need it by your stripes we were healed I thank you Lord even as Isaiah looked forward to your body that was broken and it says we are we are healed or there is this recognition of what was coming and the healing that we have only through your broken body and so Lord I pray even as we look back 2,000 years, I pray that healing would come right now. And I pray above all that there would be healing of relationship in Jesus' name. Before we take the blood or the, the emblem of the blood, the cup, if there's anybody here, you are not right with the Lord, I want you, just confess your sin. 
If you're not right with somebody else, determine, I'm going to go speak to that person. I need to make things right. I'll tell you right now, the Holy Spirit will let you know what you need or who you need to see. You say, Lord, forgive me where I've wronged you or where I've wronged others. Maybe it's something that has happened in the past. You ask for forgiveness. If there's anybody here, you recognize, man, I'm not in right standing with God, whether you've never believed in God or you knew of him and you, or you've walked away from him, or you're a child of God and you recognize there's issues in your life of sin, ask the Lord to forgive you. Humble yourself before the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me. And determine that you will not continue in that sin, to practice that sin. We must not practice sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even as you're taking a moment to make things right before the Lord, it says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness by doing one thing, and that is if we confess. If we confess our sins. So, Lord, even as you hear the confession at this time, Lord, you are forgiving. You are washing clean by your blood right now. We thank you for the simplicity and the power of this to wash and make right before you. That we can come into your presence. We can begin to have a renewing of life and joy in our life as we are forgiven. It is so good to be forgiven. And so, Lord, at this time, we remember it is by your blood that was shed that is applied to our lives, to our who we are, that makes us right. And so we take part in remembrance, the cup, an emblem of your blood shed for us. Let's all partake of the cup. Hallelujah. You say, you know what, Pastor, this is the Old Testament. Jeremiah 33.10 says, Thus says the Lord, again, there shall be heard in this place of which you say, It is desolate without man and without beast in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate and without man, without inhabitant, without beast. What's going to be happening here? The voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord, that we can give praise, a sacrifice of praise. You say, yeah, that's Old Testament. In Hebrews it says, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Even as myself as a pastor watching over you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace, the grace of God, not with foods which have profited those who have been occupied with them or different uh, religious rituals that we may go, go through. It is not that that makes us right with God. It is the grace of God that establishes us 
We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for the sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach, recognizing what he did for us. He took it upon himself. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one who is the one to come. Therefore, by him, let us continually, listen, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How simple that is. A sacrifice of praise. Let me read it again. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Just a sacrifice of praise from our lips. Can we stand together? But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And getting back to the shepherd, listen, obey those who rule over you. It says again, be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. I'm going to give an account. I give an account already. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Listen, I'm very willing. You may say, hey, pastor, do you, you rejoice over me? Is there a joy over me? You know what? When I see you in the house of the Lord, my, my heart rejoices. When I see you, even though we haven't arrived yet, the, perfection, the, the imperfection that we still may have or whatever, Say, Lord, I want to humble myself before you. As we humble ourselves, can I just say this? As you humble yourself before the Lord, my heart rejoices. There's some I'm dealing with right now. I want to just quote a passage that was read. It's in James 4. It's in 1 Peter 5. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Lord, let me be humble before you. Let me submit to my brothers and sisters here. In Jesus' name. I just want to say, if there's anybody here that I've offended in any way, I'm asking for your forgiveness. My, my, Pastor Joel over there, I want to ask for your forgiveness. I was a little bit hard on you. Monday night or Tuesday night when we gathered together, it was the last Thursday. Anyways, one of the days we had gathered together for man up. I was a little bit hard on you, Joel. I asked your forgiveness. I appreciate your brother you do here at the church. If there's anybody else that I've asked, that I've hurt, and I know sometimes it's the people that are close to me, family members, sometimes, sometimes I get upset. 
So I say, forgive me. Listen, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, I'll tell you, he will lift us up. And I want you that we would not go through life even as, as the body of Christ, man. We don't have much time left. Let's, let's do what we have left at this time. The time that we have left, let's do it well. The power of God. Hallelujah. I'm not above the word of God. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls on those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. This is for you regarding me as a pastor. But I just want you to know I haven't arrived yet either. I'm still at a place where God's doing a work on me. And sometimes it's, like, it's amazing how when, you, when things aren't working out the way you want, how quickly we can get upset, how quickly I can get upset. It's like, Lord, you still have a work to do in my life. Let it be done by the power of your spirit. I humble myself before you, Lord, and submit to the work that you still have to do on me before your return. And I can be confident of this very thing, the work that you have begun in me, you will continue. I just say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 33, verse 12 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, In this place which is desolate, without man and without beast, and in all its cities, there shall again be a dwelling place of shepherds, causing their flocks to lie down. The blessing of the Lord wants to be poured out on you. Let the blessing of the Lord come upon you. Humble yourself before him. Hallelujah. He wants that there's a fullness of, of life in you, that there's a joy in you despite what others may have done. Despite the things going on, he wants for there to be a fullness. And in the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the lowland, in the cities of the south, in the land of Benjamin, in the places around Jerusalem, in the cities of Judah, the flock shall again pass under the hands of him who counts them, says the Lord. That's saying, I, I want no matter where you are, wherever you're living, in the mountain, in the valley, wherever you may be, the Lord is saying, I want there to be a blessing in your life. And that the Lord, the shepherd, would count, are all the sheep there? At the end of the day, are all the sheep there? And he's counting, everyone is there. Lord, I am yours. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform the good th that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. That northern wicked kingdom, that, that 19 kings, generation after generation after generation that didn't serve him. And he's saying, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. Don't be discouraged in your lives. You say, God, is God able to do a work? He is. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which she will be called.
the Lord our righteousness. The city will be called <laughs> the Lord our righteousness as those that rejected Jesus Christ and they still have not accepted him. In one day, they will recognize he is our righteousness. The one that died for me. And the city will be called the Lord our righteousness. There will be an acknowledgement of Jesus Christ. Let that acknowledgement be in us at this time. Let it be in us at this time. Jesus is our righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. On this day of Thanksgiving, praise the Lord. He is so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.